entitled unlimited unlimited God does not want you to be limited in any area of your life so we're going to talk about um, how, how the, the process of becoming unlimited what God what does that look like to God and how it'll look to us and so uh, we have close to 100 and I think 20 days left in this year and uh, hear me somebody say we have time, we have time. to make an impact and to see everything God promised coming to pass. So we have, you, got, you have a little over 120 days to get things right, to get things moving, and to see God do some great things. Amen? Somebody said we have more than enough time. Uh, some of y'all already trying to plan for 20. In 2020, I'm going to be great. No, no, no. Be great in 2019. Be great. Do everything God told you to do this year. Get everything he has for you. Somebody say this year. Tell somebody next to you, get everything. God has for you this year. Tell them this year. Get all of it. All right, Luke chapter 9, and we're going we're gonna to do a couple of things today. Luke chapter 9, verse number 12, verse number 12. And when you're there, declare it by saying, saying I'm in the Word. Let me get my time started because I know y'all looking at me. Luke 9 and 12, when the, I'm, I'm reading from the New King James. It says, when the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. Verse 13, but he said to them, you give them something to eat. Oh Lord. (laughs) And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fishes unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Wait a minute. 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And, and they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitudes. So they, so everybody say they all ate, they all ate. and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. They all ate, verse number 17 says, they all ate and were filled. That means some of them ate a couple of times. Because if they lived in my house, they need a few baskets <laughs> of fish and bread. They all ate and were filled, and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Think about this. There's a, there's a, there's a revival in the city that, that Jesus is about to uh, do, you're, you're, you're a disciple on the discipleship team. You're, dis, you're, ex, you're excited about this because this is most people that have ever come to hear Jesus preach before and you're responsible for making sure the people are good. After you count all the heads, there's around about 5,000 men. Woo, there's a lot of people. And then you have women and children. That means there's around about 15,000 to 20,000 people who are coming to sit on the mountainside to hear Jesus preach. Your job is to make sure everybody's good. 12 of us have to make sure that 20,000 people are okay. Jesus preaches, starts the morning session, says, all right, we're going to get into this. He starts preaching. Afternoon comes. They don't take a break. Early afternoon comes. He's still going. He sounds like me. Early, early evening comes, he's still preaching. He hasn't taken a break yet. 
Late evening comes, people are starting to get hungry. One of the disciples goes and taps Jesus. Now, do you want to be the disciple that goes and taps Jesus? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Master. Somebody goes and taps Jesus and says to him, uh, goes up on a flat platform and says, um, Jesus, uh, it's getting late. The people have to eat. So um, can you dismiss the session? We can come back tomorrow. They've come a long way. It's time for them to eat. Look at the faces of the people. People's stomachs are growling. And even us, the disciples, we're hungry too. What do we do? Jesus stops the sermon and says, give them something to eat and goes back to preaching. Now, think about this. You're that disciple. What do you think? How in the world am I going to feed 15 to 20,000 people? Isn't that what you would start thinking? No? Okay. What would you think? Huh? (laughs) I would start automatically thinking. Now, think about this. Up until now, there's been a couple of hundred people Jesus has been been dealing with. But now, at this juncture, there's 20,000 heads that they're responsible for. And Jesus just says, just, just out of the clip, just feed them. And like I was saying, when I, and he goes back to preaching. Feed them. Give them something to eat then. If they're hungry, feed them. The number first question we're going to ask is, where's this food coming from? Where's the food? <laughs> chicken sandwiches. <laughs> Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Nuh-uh. That ain't going to happen because if that happened, they would have been fighting like they're like they doing now. It's a whole other message when you're not ready for the miracle. <sighs> That's a whole nother message. That's a whole nother message. He says, um, you give them something to eat. Then he goes back to teaching. And so the disciples have to figure out how they're going to take care of feeding 20,000 people. This is how God deals with us on an everyday basis. You, you, you're doing life. Life is wonderful. Then all of a sudden you start looking at your bills. You're like, wait a minute. Oh, God. Oh, no. Then you look at what you don't have, and your mind instantly goes into overdrive on how am I going to take care of this with this or with nothing. So they all come back together, get in that little huddle of disciples and say, okay, what are we going to do? What do we have? How much do we have? Well, let's go out and find out amongst the people what we can give, what we can gather together to feed everybody with. Maybe they were smart and bought lunches. We'll meet back here in 15 minutes. Go. So they all go out, right? Come back together. What's the, con- what's the consensus? What do we have? Drum roll. We have two pieces of fish, five pieces of bread. Imagine have to be the one to go back to Jesus and say, all we have, a few pieces of fish, a few, few pieces of bread. And then Jesus says this when they go back and tell him. He goes, oh, great. So that's all we need. Let's feed them. Now, just th- I'm, and I'm, I'm talking practically. I don't want to talk King James to y'all right now. I want you to hear this just from a practical, because when, whenever we read the word, we, 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 we think King James. But think about the, the predicament the disciples are in when all they have is just what? A couple of pieces of fish, five pieces of bread. I mean, we got one sandwich and a couple of leftover pieces of bread. Even if we, even if we took the, the ends off, and gave everybody a little piece of the end, we still can't handle 20,000 people. So watch this. Jesus says, I got a plan. He says, uh, tell everybody, tell everybody to go and uh, sit in the groups of 50. 
20,000 people in groups of 50. This is an amazing thing, because watch this. Anybody ever had 10 kids? Anybody have ever had a birthday party you've been to, and, uh, and, and you got to organize 15, 20 kids and try to get them to do one thing together? Some of us got, some of us got two kids, and it's hard to get them to come out the room for dinner. Imagine, imagine 5,000 men plus 15,000 more women and children and now 12 men are responsible for putting all of them into groups of 50. That's a feat in and of itself. That's enough to make everybody more hungry. But watch this. While they're doing this in the back of their mind, the disciples are thinking, this is good. We're following, we're following instructions. But how do we get 20,000 people to eat from what we just gave him? Jesus takes a little happy meal, holds it up, blesses it breaks it, tears it apart, gives it to his disciples and says, go and give it away. And we start to see the process of somebody shout multiplication. multiplication. Remember now, multiplication didn't happen because Jesus' hand touched it only. Jesus' Jesus's hand touching the bread and the fish did not make it all go. Now we have multiplication. We can now feed 20,000 people because look at what he did. Watch this. Multiplication is not up to God. Ooh. The, the multiplying of anything that you have, substance, finances, anything in your life that's not up to God is up to you. If you decide that, 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 because now look at the, 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 the disciples could have said, we're going to take this little sandwich, we're all going to take a bite of this and go back and give him the other leftover piece of bread. Yeah. If you look at every part of this, there were decisions that had to be made by, on everybody's end in order, for, in order for them to get to multiplication. If you're taking those, write this down. In order for multiplication to hit me, I have to make the right choices. I have to make the right choices. If I'm going to be, the, if I'm going to see multiplication in my life, I have to make the right choices. The reason why a lot of people don't multiply is because we eat the seed. We're so hungry that, and, and, and it's all about us. It's all about what I can get out of this. I'm just as hungry as the people that were listening and we've been working before they got here. Think about, think, think, think about that. Come on, the, the mindset of the disciples could have been one that was super selfish and said, they just got here. We had to walk to get here. We had to find the mountainside, walk back and tell them where to come, and then we had to get them here, then we had to escort Jesus here, then while he preached, we got to make sure everybody's all right. We've been working the whole time. We're hungry. And even if people left and came back, we had to stay on our post. Everybody say, they're hungry. Come on, say, they're hungry. Now watch this. They could have taken that, that, the sandwich and a few pieces of bread, went in the back room, Look, take a bite quick. Take a bite. Take a bite. Come on. Come on, Matthew. Stop playing. Eat. They could have done all of that, then came back out and told Jesus, we don't have nothing. What are we going to do? And they, they, they would have been okay. But look at what they did. Look at how multiplication starts and, and the process of, of multiplication. Look at what it is. Multiplication happens because it went from his hand to the disciple's hand to the people's hand. Say his hand, his hand. To the disciples' hand. To the people's hand. 
This is how multiplication happened. And the result of this was there were 12 baskets left over. So how does this, how, how, do we, how do we get from a happy meal in the beginning to 12 baskets full at the end? Well, think about this, because a lot of us are dealing with a happy meal. How do we get from a happy meal to baskets of overflow? Let me say this. It doesn't matter what you start with. It doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter because people like to look at, at their right now. Yes. Your right now doesn't determine where you're going to. Lord. Your right now has to, be, has, to be, has to be correctly divided and dealt with so that God can allow, so you can allow God to breathe on it so it can multiply and you can have more than you've ever had. Most people get stuck in the mindset of what they look at right now. The Bible said, wow, we look not at the things which you see. Somebody shout, I believe. Say, I believe more is coming. Come on, say, I believe more is underway. Some of us, some of us have been looking at lack for so long that we have accepted it. We've accepted lack and lack is not your portion. Some of you have accepted it and God said, I have more than your eyes have ever seen. I got more for you. The issue is that your faith never rises up because you look at what you're now dealing with and the devil has told your mind that's all you'll ever have. That's all you'll ever see. And for a lot of us, we ha- we're stuck not because God made us stuck. We're, we're not even stuck because the devil did it. We're stuck because we've accepted it. Lord, tell somebody I refuse to be stuck. Come on, tell somebody else I refuse to be stuck. Tell one more person behind you I refuse to be stuck. So watch, within this chapter, there are two keys of multiplication. Two keys of multiplication that are revealed to us. The, the, the multiplication key number one is, what you have must be blessed before it multiplies. What you have has to be blessed before it multiplies. Multiplication never happens before what you're holding gets blessed. All right? Mo- say this, multiplication means that what I'm holding... Has to be blessed. If your money's gonna multiply, you gotta give it to God. When you give to the Lord first, then what happens is He puts His blessing on it. And then and only then does it have the ability to multiply. I'm gonna talk about this because a lot, a lot of times when, when, when we're in church settings, we just believe everybody knows about giving. We believe everybody knows about tithing offerings. We believe everybody knows these things. And, uh, and, and the, real, the real reality is that most people don't understand it. They just do it because everybody else does it. And it's something that is the ordinance of the church and they don't understand it. When we bring our tithe and our offering to God, you're giving it to God through the church. The local church receives it and, it, and the church has to use it with integrity. Yes. So, watch this. So, how do you know the church is using it with, with integrity? Do, are the lights out weekly? Come on. Is the mortgage or the rent paid? Come on. Are bills paid promptly? Do we come in? Internet service isn't working? Now, watch. This is, this is something that I, I struggled with for years. I went to a church one time, and... Um, I went to a church one time and, and, and the leader was saying some kind of contrary things. 
And I was like, Lord Jesus, I got my time. I don't want to hold on to this because I know I'm going to spend it. I know me. Some of you only honest with yourself. Thank God for Givelify. We didn't have Givelify back then. Because <laughs> Givelify, you could be like, doo-doo, done. Back then, it was in your pocket. You walked around with it. Even if you put it in the envelope, it's like, oh, Lord, I need 20 more dollars. I'm not going to take from my tithes because there's a, a, an external need. I'm not going to take from the offering that I put aside as holy for God and take care of something that I need for, for, for something else that I need more of right here. I'm in the store. I'm $20 short. I'm going to get these jeans, but I'm $20 short. I'll just take it from my tithe and offering. You don't do that. Because, because what are you doing? You, you're mixing something that's holy with something that is a desire. Oh, my, oh, my. So, um, okay, that's, 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 uh, that's key number one. Um, let me say this too. If, if you are, if you give, if you give into a church and um, let's say the, the, the leaders take that money and, uh, and weekly take your, take your money and go and, and play slot machines and bet on horses with the church's money, they give an account to God but you gave to God. This is where, this is how the devil manipulates people. I ain't giving no church because I don't don't know what they're doing with my money. When I give, I'm not giving to the man, I'm not giving to the organization, I'm not giving to the church name, I'm bringing it before the Lord. And I think that that has been, this is something I want to talk about because I think this has been something that, that a lot of churches try to skip over. When I, when I give, I give my tithe, if, and if, even if I give an offering to my apostle, I give, it, I give it to him, and whatever he does with that is between him and God. That's between him and God. That's not for me to police him. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. The issue with the church is that we want to police everything, and then when you, when you become the police, you don't let God do his job. My job is when I put that in his hand and say, here, man of God, this is my tithe, this is my offering, this is whatever it is, and, and, and whatever, and I walk away from there. I didn't, I put it in his hand, but I gave, I gave to God, but I, and, and even if it's an offering, I honored him. Yes. If he takes that money and goes, and, and, and which he's not, he's a man of integrity, I'm using that as an example. If he takes that money and goes and, and hires a stripper or prostitute or something, that's, that's not, that has no bearing on me. I gave as unto God, put it in his hand, He's responsible for what he does with that now. Okay, watch this. A a lot of people don't understand this this principle either. If you sow into a man or woman of God, it's their obligation to tie that. So so my job is not to police whether or not they tithe my offer to them, my love gift to them. Why? Because that's called accountability. It works upward. So he or she has to take that and be integral with it when it gets into their hand. So that God can continue to bless them. I'm blessed when I follow what God told me to do. They're blessed when they, watch this, when they, when they respond to what God has given them. Does that make sense? All right, multiplication key number two. Nothing will multiply that has not been given. Nothing will multiply that hasn't been given. You don't get multiplication with your hand closed. Nothing multiplies when you're stingy. This is why people resort to means of stealing and robbing and doing other things because people who don't keep their hand open are people that have to get needs met by other means. 
All right. In uh, Luke chapter 9, just write it down. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to talk about it. Luke chapter 9. Write it down. I want you all to read the whole chapter when you go home. I only read a few verses of it, but just, just, just read the whole thing. The disciples had the bread and the fish. It had been blessed, and so it had the potential to multiply. But if they had eaten it, they would, it would have remained fish and bread. Watch this. It would have never multiplied because they would have, they would have taken what God had already said was going to multiply. When Jesus prayed over it, multiplication started. If they would have taken it from Jesus and began to eat it and not distribute it, they wouldn't have seen multiplication. A couple of bites of it would have satisfied them temporarily. But it wouldn't have been a blessing to everybody around them. Watch this. God wants you to be blessed, not just for you. Amen. Multiplication is not, it's not about God, God giving you more just for you to, to be a bigwig. Multiplication is about God's way of multiplying you so that you can affect people around you. I say this all the time. There should be people on your block that know you're blessed. People on your job that know you're blessed. God wants to bless you so much that you have the ability, watch this, to bless other people without broadcasting it. Why don't you adopt a block? Adopt a family for a whole year. This is what God's trying to, he's trying to raise us to. What if, what if every family in here adopted a whole family for a whole year? I'm going to take care of your bills. I'm going to take care of Christmas. I'm going to handle Thanksgiving. I'm going to take care of the car note. And all I want you to do for a whole year is save. Save. Let's go and open a savings account. Every, every penny that comes to you outside of your tithing offering, save it for a year. And after a year, let's, let's buy you a house. If that is your mindset, you'll never get there by trying to skimp out on God now. You'll never get there by not wanting to bless anybody now. A lot of us, a lot of us have heard people say this. When God blesses me, when my ship rolls in, when I get my, when I get my millions, this is what I'm going to do. Those people are never going to do nothing. Those people are never going to do nothing. Because God is testing whether or not you'll do it on small level now. I can't take care of you for a year, but I can feed you this Sunday. I'm proving to God that I'm being, I'm being a good steward over what he put in my hand. Somebody say right now. Ask somebody, can God trust you with what you have? Can he trust you with what you have? Let, let, me, uh, let, me, let me show you something. Give, give, me the, give me this thing here. Let me get, uh, hmm, hmm, who should I use? Who should I use? Uh, come here, Christian. Oh, who else? Come here, Olivia. How many we got? Four. Four, four okay. Uh, let me have. Uh, come on, brother Bugs. Let me get. Uh, come on, Lenise. Come on, sweetie. All right, y'all, come over this way, some. Now, now, I right, just stand over here with them. All right, here, I'm, I'm going to give y'all something in your hands. Ooh, it's Christmas. No. <laughs> here you go, here you go, here you go. Somebody messed up? 
Okay, all right. Here you go. And here you go. All right. The Lord just blessed you, right? You just got blessed. You, you just received a mighty blessing. Look at it, Christian. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm out of here. All right. So, 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 how many pennies in there? Anybody count them yet? See, y'all, y'all, y'all don't want no more. See, the first thing I'll do is like one, two, three, five, seven, nine, ten. Like, I know how many is in here because I know what I'm dealing with. Whatever he asks for, I'm ready already. See, I, okay, it's ten of them. All right. All right. So, it's offering time. It's, it's time for you to give to God. Um, take out a reasonable proportion to give to God. Who's going to give first? Who desires to give first? How, how much you giving? Because Jesus asked. He looked, he, looked at, he looked at everything everybody's giving. He watched them. How much you giving? Four cents out of ten. Okay, good. Four cents. How much you giving? Ten. ten. Okay, ten. Right, how much you giving? Five. Five. All right, how much you giving? Four. Okay, so we got four, five, four, and ten. Now, do y'all want to know something? Each one of them gave more than their tithe. Everybody gave more than their tithe to God. They tithe, some gave tithe and, and overflow. But everybody gave at least a tithe back to God. It's easy to do it when you're dealing with pennies. Am, am, I, am, I, am, I, am I right? It's easy to do it when you're dealing with pennies because when, if all of these were hundreds, if each penny represented $100, now think about this for a second. If each penny represented $100, they would have thought. I don't care what nobody said. Y'all would have been like, oh, okay. So I, get, I got a thousand. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what I can do with a thousand dollars right now? This is the issue. Tithing, watch this. Tithing is not a matter of the heart. Tithing is a matter of obedience. Tithing is a matter, it's not a matter of, of, of the heart. It's not a matter of, oh my, what do I feel? Oh, I just, that's not, tithing is about obedience. Watch this. Tithing is obedience. Everybody here tithe, watch this, because they didn't deem 10 cents worthy of holding on to. She gave the whole thing because she realized that God can give me back more than what I put out. Now watch, when it, comes to, when it comes to you giving from your check every week, what most people do is we try to figure out if I'm going to tithe and give God 10% of this, what can I do with the 90 that's left over? We're stuck because a lot of people are spending so much time worrying about the 90 that we don't do first things first. We spend so much time worried about, worried about the, not what the 90 is going to handle that we don't even realize what the 10 does. All right, thank y'all. Yeah, like, I'm going to get this back. You want to hold on to yours? You can keep yours. I prayed over it. He's like, <laughs> he said, she said, it might multiply. Now watch, now watch. watch. Most people ask me, and, and, and a lot of people who tithe ask me and say, why am I not seeing multiplication the way, the way Jesus showed this thing here in the Bible? Because there's a difference between tithe and giving. There's a difference between tithe and giving. All right? 
Tithe is not giving. Tithe is the return. Tithe is, the, is returning to God what he said is his. The tithe of the first, the, the tithe or the first or the tenth. It, somebody said it belongs to God. It belongs to him. It is already his. That's why I said it's, that, 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 that tithing is a matter of obedience. If, if uh, give me one of those bags. It don't matter what's in it. Just, I just need one that has something in it. So, so Dominique, you're, you're God. Here, give, give me. Um, now, I've worked. I've, I've gotten something. Okay, come on. Up. I've worked. I've gotten something this week. And um, how did I get the energy to, 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 to get this job and work this job? Who gave me the energy to do it? Who gave me the strength to do it? Who opened up the door for me to have the job? Now, watch. When he does all of that, he says, when I, when I give to you, your responsibility is to give me back what already belongs to me. What most of us do is say, okay, thank you, God. Appreciate you. All right, go on your way. I'm good now. You know, the Lord is Lord's good. I'm going to make it. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I got, okay, what, what's the bills again? Where's that paper? Okay, here we go. I got, uh, huh? Da, 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 okay. Uh, wow, that's not even enough. This ain't even enough for what I got. Okay, I'm going to try to put a little bit on this and a little bit on that one, a little bit on this one, a little bit on that one. And what we do is we try our best to stretch something that is supposed to multiply. Tithing is the returning to God was his. You can't give something, you can't give something to someone uh, that, that, that really didn't belong to you in the beginning. So a lot of a lot of people do is they give their tithe away to shoes and the coats and the hats and 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 now you become a robber. All right, okay. Become a robber. All right. Uh, but watch this. From the ninety you have left, you have the ability to do whatever you want to do with the ninety. The ninety is yours. The ten is his. The tenth is his. Watch. A lot of people don't realize this, but from the 90, God, the 90 is a thing that helps you to multiply, not the 10th. The tithe doesn't call it all, God, because it is tithe and offerings, and he says what the tithe does. All right, we're going to get there in a minute. Uh, right now, Matthew 25, I want to show you something. Matthew 25. Jesus tells a story of three stewards. Just write it down and you can read it when you get home. Jesus tells a story of three stewards or people that he entrusted with something precious. One steward, he gave him five talents. Say five. five. When, this, when the accounting time came back, he came back for the five talents. The man said, I got five talents plus five more. Yeah. What is that? Multiplication. Yes. The Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. That's Matthew 12, 5 and 21. Or 25 and 21. Second steward, he entrusted him with two talents. When, 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 the, when the count came back, he said, what do you got for me? He said, I got the two talents you gave me. I got two more. He said, well done. You did well, man. But then we had the third steward. He entrusted him with one talent. And look at what the one with one talent said in verse number 25. He said, man, God, take back what was yours. He only returned back to him what was already his. 
So he only gave a tithe. He gave back to him what was already his. That's the equivalent of giving a tithe. And look what the Lord called him, a wicked and lazy servant. He called him a wicked and lazy servant because he didn't return back to him with the offering, the interest. Now, now I know some of you are getting offended. I'm not calling you wicked and lazy. But I am saying that there is, there's a principle of faithfulness and stewardship that teaches us that we should give back to him more than the tithe because tithe is only giving back to him what he already owns. And if I only give him back what was already his and don't give him the, that's why he said you robbed me in tithe and in offerings. So people who are only giving the offering are already robbing God because they're not giving him what was already his. People who are giving the tithe and not giving an offering are, are, are robbing themselves because they're not able to multiply. People desire the promises, but they don't follow the principles. And so those who reject the principles, watch this, should forget the promises. If you reject the principles, then forget claiming promises. It's like saying, if I can eat whatever I want, but I'm going to lose 20 pounds this month. It don't work like that. The principle is, your calorie, your caloric intake has to be less and you have to burn more and you have to get, get away from the sugars and you got to get away from the cupcakes and the devil dogs and the, come on, all the stuff. You got to stop eating the stuff and, and the Fritos and, the, and the, you know, come on, all the junk food we eat. You can't do all of that and then claim you're going to lose weight. It's only words at that point. How do we know you're serious about your weight loss? When you start changing your lifestyle. It's the same thing with God. You can't, claim the, the, the prince, you can't claim the promises of God's word without following the principles. All right, go to Hebrews 7, 7 and 5. Just write it down. I want to show you something. I want to show you something in the word. It says, this is Hebrews 7 and 5, New Testament. New Testament. And, and let me say this. For all people, oh, the tithing is Old Testament. It's Old, Testament. It's old Covenant. Man made that up. It's his word. His word is his word. All right. His word is his word. And tithing was established before there was a law. God established the tithes before, before Moses was even in, brought into the picture. Tithing was established before this. Moses came and made tithing a law to ensure that God's people will be blessed. And so tithing, uh, Abraham tithed all that he had to Melchizedek before Moses was even thought about. He bought a tithe of everything. And the Bible said, and God blessed him, the Bible said. All right, now watch. Because um, uh, I'm not going to get into that debate because we didn't have time for that. I got, I got 15 minutes left. Hebrews 75 says, and verily they that are of the sons of Levi, talking about the priests, who receive the, the, the office of the priesthood, have a command to take the tithe of the people according to the law. That is of their brethren that they come out of the loins of Abraham. This is, a, this is an epistle in the New Testament church at about AD 100. This is a command to the New Testament church because Jesus did not eradicate the priestly office of the Levites. He just reformed it. Why? 
He reformed it when he gave some of the church to be apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors and evangelists, according to he, uh, um, um, Ephesians 4 and 11. He, he didn't stop the principle. He just shifted it. So for us to understand why tithing is the foundation of the New Testament, we have to understand, watch this, the understanding of biblical n- uh, numbering. The understanding of, everybody say biblical numbering. Biblical Not numerology. That's satanic. But the reason why numbers are important to God, why would God want us to have the nine parts of increase and give him the tenth? Why would God want us to have nine parts for us, the 90, and and give him the tenth? All right, let's talk about the parts. The first part, number one. The first part, number one is the number of God. The Lord our God is one. God is one God. This is the portion that God wants us to have. It represents his strength. We're going to talk about why there is a tenth. Why is it tenth? So we got to understand the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth in order to understand the tenth. Second part, the number two, is the portion of testimony. Number two in, in biblical uh, numbering stands for testimony. The Bible says that in the mouth of two witnesses, a matter is established. Two spies brought in good news, a good report about the land of Jericho. Jesus sent witnesses out two by two. It's about testimony. God gives us the second portion because he wants us to have and to be a testimony. The third part, or the third portion in biblical numbering is resurrection power. All of this is in the money that you get. The tenth is, we got to understand why he wants the tenth. So we understand why he wants, all the stuff that comes to us is this. The first part, the second part, the third part means resurrection power. This is the number of the greatest power on earth. It's resurrection power. The third portion is the salvation portion that brings us into greater victory. So all of this, com- all of this is what I'm left with after I give the tenth to him. The fourth part is the, num- the number four is the number of stability. The temples had four pillars. The curtain of the veil had four colors. The Ark of the Covenant had four legs. The fourth portion is our establishment and stability. God doesn't want us to just be promoted, but he also wants us to be stable. He doesn't want you just to have the rest of your money after you've given the tenth and don't know what to do with it. And not have enough to pay your bills. He wants you, to, somebody say, he wants me to be stable. So that's why he gives us the fourth part. The fifth part of, of, of what he gives us, five is the number of grace. Grace is the supernatural empowerment for all of our weaknesses in doing God's will. There were five, five wise virgins that were saved in Jesus' parable about grace. The ministerial office that preached the gospel of grace are five. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So this is about grace. The sixth part of the sixth portion of what we have, six is the number of man. The beast in the book of Revelation, the number is 666, which is the number of man. Six represents man's glory, man's strength, man's human wisdom, 
man's human power. This is why you have strength and energy and you go to work and you get some from it. God gives us the sixth portion because it's his plan to give us the excellence of, the hum, of, 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 of what God has planned for humans in the earth. All right, everybody say the seventh part. The number seven is the number of divine completion. It's the number of perfection. And it's also the number of rest. All of this is what we're left with after we give him the tenth. God completed, perfected the whole creation on the seventh day. Rested on the seventh day. He gives us a seventh portion of our increase, indicating that he's blessed us to take the, 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 the season of completion and rest. All right, the eighth part, I'm going to move quickly, we don't have enough time. The eighth part is, the eight, eight is the number of sacrifice. The number, everybody says sacrifice. sacrifice. Circumcision had to be done on the eighth day. It was a cutting away. Right, ninth, the ninth part, I'm going to move quick. Ninth part. The ninth part is the full circle in biblical growth. The gifts of the Spirit are nine. Fruit of the Spirit is nine. Humans are brought forth after nine months. So this is a number of abundance and increase and multiplication and fruitfulness. Jesus died on the cross at the ninth hour. Opened the door for, for the riches of God to all that believe. God has given us the ninth portion as blessing and increase. But watch this. When you get to the tenth, when you get to the tenth and then the number ten, the number ten in the Bible stands for woes, plagues, condemnation, death, and an evil report. Think about that. The number 10 stands for woes, plagues, condemnation, death, and an evil report. The plagues that God sent on Egypt to paralyze Pharaoh were 10. The spies that brought an evil report was 10. The 10th portion is, is the cursed part of what we have. And this is why he says in Malachi, if you keep it, you're cursed with a curse. So out of everything that we have, he says, I gave you all of these portions, the first portion, second portion, all of this stuff is to bless you. The tenth part is the cursed part that I said belongs to me because you ain't cursed no more. Y'all ain't come to hear nothing. God requires us to give him the tenth, which is the cursed portion of death, evil plagues, and evil report to him. So watch this. When you keep the tithes, he receives an evil report from you. He says, give it to me so you can remain blessed. He says, don't eat it. Because if you eat it, it becomes a poison that will destroy everything you're trying to build. However, watch this. I hope I'm teaching all right to y'all. The Levites to whom God has given the tithe to can eat it because of the anointing that he put on them. All right, you need to see that in scripture. All right, Numbers 18 and 8. Numbers 18 and 8. And the Lord spake unto Aaron... And this is what he said, behold, I also have given thee the charge over mine heave offering, which is a tithe of tithes. Of all the hallowed things.
kings of the children of Israel, watch this, unto thee have I given them by reason of the anointing. I've anointed you, Aaron and the Levites, to receive the tithes because it's cursed to the people, but it's holy for you. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Ain't it something how God can take something that's cursed to, to one person, turn around and put an anointing on another person and say, but it's blessed for you. Y'all missed that. This is why you can't do everything I can do. That doesn't make me superior to you. It just says I have an anointing for other things. Watch this. And there's certain things that some of you can do, but I can't do. Because you have an anointing for it. Depending on your anointing, you have access to places that other people don't have access to. You can do things and go places and witness to folks that God will tell me to stay away from. Because you've been anointed to do those things and to go in those places. But for me, if I'm there, it'll mess up my anointing. Watch this. I forgot what I said. All right. And the Lord spoke to Aaron, behold, I've given you, I've given you charge of my heave offering, which is a tithe of tithes, and of the hallowed things of the children of Israel. Watch this. Unto thee, now listen, this is God talking. Unto thee I have given them by reason of the anointing. Watch this. This is really key, y'all. And to, and to thy sons, not just natural, but spiritual. Those that are going to come up in the priesthood. Watch this. By by an ordinance, look at the next word, forever. That means it ain't going to stop. So if tithing wasn't supposed to be, he wouldn't have said forever. He said forever. And when God says forever, he means forever. So don't tell me about the Old Testament and New Testament. God said forever. That stops all that man-made stuff Forever. All right. Go to Malachi 3.11. Let's, let's, let, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Go to Malachi. It's right before, it's right before your Matthew in the Bible. When you, if you go to Matthew, go back, go, go to the left, and you'll see Malachi. Malachi. I hope you're being blessed by this. Do I, have a, I don't have a washcloth today. Thank you. Matthew, uh, Malachi 3, in, in verse number 8, talks about, well, a man robbed God, yet you, yet you robbed me. But ye say, how have we robbed you? He said, in tithe and offerings. And you curse with a curse. For you have robbed me, even the whole nation. Then he says, bring the tithes to the storehouse so they may meet in my house. He goes and talks about that. They won't have room enough to receive it. He talks about all this stuff. But let, let's, let's um, talk for a couple of minutes about, uh, let's, let's end on this note. The, the seven, the, the some of the blessings or seven blessings from giving tithe and offerings that will cause you to multiply. Because he mentioned, said by, everybody say tithe and offerings. I think a, a lot, lot of people, their, their whole stance is that I'm giving something. I'm giving something. The tithe, first of all, belongs to him. The offering has to, that has to do with your heart or your mind. What, what worth are you putting on your seed? What is the worth on your seed? In other words, what kind of harvest do you want to see? What kind of harvest do you want to see? 
If you want to see a large, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. If I want to see a large harvest, then I have to give large seed. And let me, let, me, let me talk about what Pastor Benny Hinn was talking about this past week. The, the, the internet world is in an uproar about what he said. He wasn't talking about giving in God's house per se uh, that, that, uh, that is wrong. What he was talking about was the means and modes which, in which a lot of the, our evangelical brothers and sisters have raised money and put emphasis on finances. So before I started talking about this, I told y'all, I said, I want to deal with this with integrity because it's not my agenda to say, okay, I want everybody to stand with a $1,000 seed now that I taught you about giving and giving and so on. No, 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 no. What he, was, what he was explaining was that in a lot of his meetings, what he was doing was telling them that as they were healed, and if God did something for you, stand with a $1,000 seed. Or if I'm, in, in other instances, if you want to get a prophetic word, give this $1,000 seed. The mode of that is wrong. Amen. I'm not paying for healing. Come on, please say amen to me. We don't pay for healing. Healing is ours. It's part of our bread. It's something we eat because we're in the kingdom. You don't pay for a prophetic word. Come on, come on. You don't do that stuff. If, if you're in a meeting and somebody says pay for a prophetic word, run. Run and run fast. We don't pay for a prophetic word. Now we honor for what God has done. Amen. We honor. We do it in this church. We, we raise a word seed. We give it because we honor God for the word he's given to us. But, it, but, but, putting, but, 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 but telling someone that in order for you to receive the word, I'm going to raise this $1,000 off before you get this word because if you want to get a good word, you got to give me $1,000. That's, that's the kind of stuff he was, he, was, he was talking about. And a lot of our brothers and sisters in the word of faith used finances in that way and raising finances in that way. But that's why a lot of the, those larger churches are now dwindled down to nothing, three or four seats. There's a, there, there's a, dear, a dear pastor, brother in, in uh, California, who had a large church. I'm not going to say his name because we're recording. Large church. If you, if you look now at the broadcast, there's three, seat, three rows all the way around the whole entire uh, church. Because eventually what happens is if it's done manipulatively, it's a tongue, tongue twister, if it's done in that, in that fashion, then God starts to blow on the ministry. He'll blow on it. Anything that's not done under the guise of holiness, God will blow on it. Yes. <sighs> amen. amen. Please say amen. amen. All right. Let's, let's all talk about the, <laughs> the seven blessings that come. Amen. Seven blessings that come from, from tithe and offering. Number one, God will open up for us the windows of heaven. God will open up for us the windows of heaven. Open heavens for us. Is, 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 is the portion for us that, that, that says that God is going to increase what we have. Say increase. increase. Second, he'll pour us out a blessing. That means anytime you give your tithe and you give your offering, then what happens is God pours out a special blessing on your life, a grace upon you for what your hands are touching. Third, he rebukes the devourer for our sake. That means he takes on the devourer of our increase, visible and invisible. Do you realize how many times the devourer came, but it never hit you? You know how many things you were supposed to lose, but you didn't lose because you gave tithe and offering? You know how many times, how many times we heard stories after the fact? You know what that thing, they was coming 
happened and this happened and happened, then this happened and that happened. Or, did you see that car almost hit y'all? No, I didn't even see it. I was behind you. That car came up on you and it just stopped abruptly. Ah! You were like, what in the world? Or, or watch this, watch this. The devourer is not, just, is not just about stuff being devoured. It's about your life being devoured. So I was in the accident. I was in a car that flipped over 15 times and we got up and walked out of it. Knocked over a whole guardrail. The whole guardrail, was, it, was, it was embedded in the ground, was sticking up in the air like this. We got out and walked away from it. Cops were coming. They were trying to sit down. I just started dancing. They said, you got to be crazy. I said, no, I'm not crazy. I said, I'm, I'm alive. See, at that moment, I said, I, and I was praising God. I said, why are you praising? I said, because the devourer lost. It's not just about him protecting your stuff. It's about God protecting your life. Your life gets spared because the devourer can't take you. Some of y'all missing this. I'm standing here today because the devourer lost time after time after time after time again. All right. Says he's gonna bless the uh, he's gonna bless the fruit of your hands. That has to do with your business, your investment, your cars, your marriage, your children, your possessions. Says our vine shall not cast her fruit before her time in the field. That means that there will be no miscarriage on your blessings. No miscarriage on your blessing. But God says it's yours. You're gonna step into it. Somebody say, I won't miss it this time. You're not going to miss what God has for you. Somebody shout, no more miscarriages. You don't have to run around speaking in tongues. No, no, no. I just believe the word. I'm standing on what he said. I, I don't, I don't, now, let, let me tell you something. I don't, I don't pray that the devourer don't come. I have not, I've never prayed that the devourer don't come. Because the moment I give is the moment the devourer is taken care of. I don't spend my time praying against the devourer. I just live my life for God. And everything that concerns me is covered, protected. All right, and then it says, uh, nation shall call you blessed. That means that, watch this, your blessings and impact will transcend, watch this, generational boundaries. Ha, glory to God. That means you'll be on a cruise or on vacation and get preferential treatment in land that is not of your own. Other people who are not even related to you will bless you. Thank you. Uh, okay, another one. Verse, uh, I mean, uh, n- number seven. We shall be a delightsome land. In other words, what the Lord says about you is he starts calling you son and daughter. This is my son. This is my daughter. I'm well pleased in this one. That's what it means to be a delightsome land. Most people don't understand this stuff, but, but giving has to become the habit of your life. Say, my hands are open. open. Everything that I touch, touch. come on, say, everything that I touch, touch. it prospers prospers. because I'm a giver. Now lift your hands up and thank God because he's put that grace on you. Come on. He's put that grace on you. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That grace is on us. That grace is on us, people. That grace is on us, people of God. Hallelujah. That grace is on us. Come on, we thank God for it. Thank you, Lord. 
That grace, somebody shout, that grace is on me. All right, let me end with this. So when it comes time for you to give your tithe and your offering, it's really about God wanting to multiply you more so than you just giving. Write this down if you're taking notes. Tithe and offering is not a donation. Your tithe and offering is not a donation to the church. It's holy before God. That is God's covenant portion that comes from us. That tithe is the part that comes out that God says that's the curse part. The offering is a part that comes from your mind, your heart. It says, God, I deem you so worthy that this is what I have purpose within my heart, according to Apostle Paul, purpose within my heart to give. You can't purpose within your heart to give the tithe. That's already his. But you purpose in your heart to bring the offering of free will. All right? So, so, so tithing offering is not a donation. That's what the Lord said to me. He said, tell them this. Sow more in your dry seasons than in your blessing seasons. This is what I learned. I learned to sow more in dry seasons. Yeah, man. He said, yeah. Even the baby said yeah to that. He said, yeah. The Lord said, tell them to sow more in their dry seasons than in their blessed seasons. When you're blessed, it's easy to give. Your heart is not tested when you have a whole lot. Your heart is, te- the Bible said, where your treasure is, your heart is, or your mind is. Your heart is tested when you don't have a lot and you still have to give. Because it's there, cause, and it's not, it's not always finances. A lot of times it may be your time, it may be your talent. Come on here. It may be your ingenuity. It may be God may require you to give a smile. Come on here. We always think it's financial. It's not always financial. Now, I'm not saying you don't have to give your tithe and offer, but what I'm saying is there are other times when God will say, give. Give. Sow a smile. I remember um, Pastor um, um, Creflo Dollar was saying that one time he was somewhere, he was eating in a restaurant or something, and uh, there was a lady across from him sitting by herself, and him and his wife were sitting down. He said, and he looked over and smiled at the lady, and she frowned at him. He said, I was like, oh. He said, so he looked back over and smiled again. She just looked away from him. He said, and then he went, him and his wife went over to, to her table and bought their food with them. So we just felt let her do this. Let's go bring our food over there. Now, who's going to go to somebody's table and they, they're frowning at you? You're like, I'm going to eat my food in peace. Right? He said, they got their place, went over and sat with the lady. And she's like, what are you doing? He goes, the Lord told us to come sit with you. You need encouragement. The lady didn't say that. She just put her head down and started eating. He said, and they began to minister to her. He said, I, I picked up spirit of suicide. He says, were you going to kill yourself today? She broke down and started crying. She said, I came here to eat at one of the best restaurants in town because after I ate, I was going to leave here and kill myself. Treat myself to a final meal that I was going to leave here and kill myself. But sowing, a, sowing the seed of a smile caused something to open up within him. This is why I don't know how you, how you saved and so grumpy. How a person so saved, you speak in a thousand tongues in your private prayer closet and come out the cl- prayer closet and be nasty. Like the Holy Ghost in your prayer closet ought to told you to cheer up. Like all them tongues didn't help you? <laughs> One of them tongues ought to have been joy. Like kind of about that, you do that for an hour. Come on, you would have sure came out of there like at least. Holy Spirit that had your cheeks up. 
Now think about this. And this is what he said. He said, we, di- we didn't know what we were dealing with until we smiled. After she turned away, Holy Spirit said, smile again. Another seed. She looked away. Holy Spirit said, take your food over to the table. They saved the woman's life not because they were going, ha ba 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 ba, she That's how we see it. I was in the store and the Lord said, suicide. I said, Angel of the Lord, go now. Like, it doesn't always work like that. Somebody's going to be calling security. Why are you starting that? Watch this. The Bible says, he that winneth souls must be wise. That's not just winning them to the church. It's winning them into the kingdom. How do you win a soul into the kingdom unless you, unless you know how to be stealth in the spirit? Deliverance can come from a smile just like it can come from tongues. The, the issue is not about the tongues, the tongues or the smile. The issue is what's in you. It can come from a touch. If you really know how to use this thing, you can, you can, you can uh, have a piece of paper and release the anointing into a paper. It's too much. I'm saved as a prayer school. You can release it into, you can release, release into the paper and say, oh, do you know anything about this? And they take the paper and get delivered. You can transfer the, the anointing is transferable. There is an anointing that comes upon you when you get saved that is for you. But then there's, a, there's another anointing that comes and goes. There's anointing that comes and goes for ministry. You have a personal anointing that you're supposed to grow in on a daily basis. But then there's another anointing that, that comes and goes for assignments. The Bible said they bought, they, bought, they, bought, they bought rags and they bought aprons of Paul. They cut them up and put them on, on, on himself. And he released the anointing into them. And, he, and they would cut up and bring it to sick, sick people and they would get delivered. They would take those same pieces of apron and take them to people who, who had demons, multiple demons, and they would just touch them with it and they would get healed. That's not voodoo. The voodoo man and the priestess didn't stole it from the church because the church ain't using it. And anything that the church doesn't use, the enemy will get in it like the church wasn't using meditation. So the enemy stole it and says, this is how you meditate. This is how you meditate. And then the church says, no meditation because it's of the devil when the Bible says to do it. You can touch all the papers on your little cubicle at your desk and the person cleaned up could get saved. See somebody with a horrible spirit? Pray on, pray on it. I released the anointing. Then you can't do that if you ain't got no anointing. We don't, we, you, 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 can release, you can release demons too. I'm serious. Okay. The demonic world has used this, especially, uh, especially over in Africa and other, in other places. They use this. Maybe I'll, do, maybe I'll pull up the, 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 the series on curses. Y'all remember that from New York? I did, I did like a 14-week study on curses. That thing was horrible, y'all. There was, them demons, was, was, they, had a, they had a field day, and they, they hated it because they was running. Look, anybody ever like bought like a... Um, a um, or anybody ever seen somebody bought like a tribal mask or something from like Africa or on vacation and stuff? You got to be careful of stuff you bring, bring into your home. All that stuff ain't right. We don't buy nothing. I don't have to put a little hula thing around my neck. None of that stuff. God bless y'all. No, I don't need it. I'm good. I don't want none of that stuff. I don't want it because there's, it's, it's connected to spirits. Don't put that around my neck. You ain't buying me to nothing. I'll buy that. Get off me. I'm serious. 
a lot of stuff you buy, they'll be like, they'll be like a lot of those uh, tribal masks, the walking sticks. Y'all quiet. Little tribal drums. I'm just playing play my little drum. I've got my little stick. This stuff is connected to demonic forces. What they do is the people carving that stuff is chanting and they are releasing into the wood demonic spirits. It becomes a cursed object when you, and watch this, you bring it into your home. This was nice. I got this on vacation. I got this on the boat. I bought this. I got this shipped to me from Africa, from the motherland. Everything from the motherland is not from God. Y'all quiet. Let me leave you alone. Y'all them go. Then you bring it in your house and you wonder why in the middle of the night somebody chasing you. You walk by that picture and them eyes are following you. You're like, it went up, it went up and down with me. Like, why them eyes follow? Why is it that, that when you walk in certain parts of your house, you get very fearful? What did you bring in? I walk in my house with the lights out. I walk in my house with lights out. I pray in my home. My home is not a portal for demonic, for, for demonic entities to come in. Witches and warlock in the night hour. They come over my house, they're going to fall dead. Walk over my, come over my house if you want to. Come right over, come over my house. That, that core is going to be broken. No, seriously. This is the kind of stuff, this is too much for y'all. We were talking about the offering. Okay, so stand on your feet. I'm about to jump into some stuff here. Forget it. I'll leave it. So stand on your feet. I can't get this right now. It's too much for y'all. I was about to, I was about to go, I was about to start a whole other lesson. Demonic warfare, how to do it? I'm going to. Watch. When you hold on to the tithe, it's just like bringing, a, bringing an African mask in your home. It's cursed still. You don't have to tell nobody, tell nobody else this, but tell yourself, I won't rob God again. If you've been robbing him, just repent. Repent. And then after that, do what he told you to do. How many received something from today's word? Amen. I stayed in my time limit. I, I had like seven minutes left over. Look at Jesus. Y'all received something? Yes. Tuesday night, we'll, we'll, we'll jump a little further. I feel like I need to pull that curse series out and do that. Yeah, do it. Go ahead with it then. <laughs> she said, well, you know, you know, the, the, Lord, the Lord is, um, no, seriously, because a lot, a lot of us don't, don't realize, maybe right, right after this, uh, this, this series we're going to do, the next one we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll do the curse series. We'll deal with that, because we're going to be going into the, um, um, the November season. We'll be going into that Halloween season. Oh, perfect timing. Perfect timing, Holy Ghost. Now, now let, 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 let me say this, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach about warfare during, during, that, during that set series, because a lot of people are facing warfare because they haven't won any, 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 against any attacks of the enemy. If you beat the devil up, you won't have to worry about warfare again. I'm going to teach you about that. Think about it. If somebody, if somebody came to your house and tried to get in your house, Sisters, and, you, and you're married, and your husband comes downstairs with a bat and beats that man up. I mean, beats him. Like he, you think he'll come back the next night? 
he, she, she said he won't be able to come back at all. <laughs> Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Sickness is not going to fight you if you overcome it once and for all. Certain things don't fight me. It's no longer warfare because I've overcome it. Any place where you're having a struggle or is, is warfare is a place you have not yet overcome. Once you overcome it, you don't have to worry about a battle there anymore because then you get authority over it. Now you speak to that thing and, and it runs because it realizes it's not going to try to not come. It's going to try to sneak in. Once you see it, you stop it, you deal with it, and it, it'll, it'll flee from you. It'll leave you alone because you have authority over it. I'm going to deal with that in the curse series. I'm going to talk about dominion, what it really means, and how to get it correctly. How to, how to walk in dominion power. Oh, I'm excited for October, November. All right. Who's going to be good? So just take a deep breath. Lord, we thank you. Lift your hands up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word you've spoken to us. We honor you today for victory. We thank you, God, because the spirit of multiplication is on this house. It's on your people. We thank you that, that, that everything that we touch is, is going to be blessed, is going to multiply because, Lord, you put it into our hands. We know how to, how, we know how to, how to operate in the multiplication because we, we know how to not rob you. And we know how to honor you in giving. And we know how to bring before you our tithe and our offering. And because of that, we know, God, that everything we touch is going to prosper. I thank you for every family. Lift your hands up. I thank you for every family that's represented here. I thank you for every family that's represented in this house. I thank you for every person that is here today that believes your word. And we honor you today for victory in our finances. We honor you for victory, God. We thank you that we have now at our disposal more that are with us and those that are against us. And we thank you for victory. Come on, somebody open your mouth. Thank God for victory. Come on, we thank you for victory. We thank you for victory, God, in our finances. We thank you for this series. We thank you for this series, how it's blessed us, how it's opened up our minds and our understandings towards finances and how you want us to be blessed. And we honor you today, God. We thank you for what you're doing in our money. Thank you because we honor you, God, with our, with our increase. We honor you with our tithe and our offering, and we give you praise and we glorify you. Somebody give God a praise for what's coming. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Let me get that microphone. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands up and just begin to praise him. Come. Come on, open your mouth and just begin to praise him. Come on.